Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your friendly garden pal. I hope I'm friendly. Nathan Wilson, and I'm glad that you've decided to join us on this Saturday morning right here on your hometown radio, 93.9 FM, WRWH. Well, so here recently, we've been talking a lot about vegetables and particularly different vegetables. individual crops that you can grow so about three weeks ago i I talked about um growing vegetables with tips from my grandfather or notes from my grandfather who of course inspired me to get into horticulture to get into growing things and of course producing a garden and then we talked about carrots we talked about potatoes but on today's program we're going to continue talking about things that grow underground That's right. Remember, in the vegetable garden, and I've said this every week, in the vegetable garden, we're either growing roots, we're growing shoots, or we're growing fruits. Well, to be more specific, we're growing these things to harvest. So with carrots, we're harvesting the root. And with potatoes, we're actually harvesting the shoot, which is the stem, because the potato itself is a tuber, which is uh, well, a tuberous stem rather than a root, even though it grows underground. They're just amazing like that. And then lastly, of course, today, well, I shouldn't say lastly, but today we're going to talk about onions, onions and related alliums. Of course, alliums is the main group that onions are under. And you'll know that there are plenty of alliums that you grow in the garden, in the ornamental garden, I should say. Those beautiful spring-blooming bulbs, they have blossoms that are usually sitting atop a very thin stem, and that blossom form is globe-shaped, some beautiful rich purples and whites, and you get a lot of different colors, blues even. But that's the ornamental side of alliums. Now, of course, we're going to be talking about the edible side of Allium. The onions, the garlics, the leek, the chives, the shallots. You can pretty much grow them in the same general method, the general form. Uh, Some of them are in the same species of Allium, and some of them are in different species. But with that in mind, we've got a big show about what's happening under the ground in your vegetable garden. But before we get into that, of course, I just want to remind you that if you're just joining us for this program for the very first time, we want to welcome you and also introduce you to NewSouthernGarden.com. Now, of course, NewSouthernGarden.com is the online home of every episode that we've ever had here at WRWH. And, of course, if you miss a show or if you miss 
uh, portion of a show. Maybe you wake up late on Saturday, which I don't blame you. But say you miss some New Southern Garden, just check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com as well as your favorite podcasting app on your smartphones and devices. And then, of course, we are on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, you can find good information and articles that I've written throughout the week and now videos on youtube.com. So there is a lot of ways that you can access gardening material here with newsoutherngarden.com. But we want you to start out every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here with us at 93.9 FM WRWH out of Cleveland, Georgia. Of course, this is your hometown radio. And of course, we've got a lot of things to talk about when it comes to onions and the alliums, the garlics, the leeks, the chives, the chalets, shallots, all of those things. So we better get started. We're going to talk a little bit about the plant itself and how it's been used in the past and where it comes from. We're going to talk about the market of onions in the United States. And of course, you know that Georgia is very active in the onion market, but a particular type of onion, a sweet onion that is called Vidalia onion. And we're going to talk about how that becomes so sweet and savory rather than so pungent. Um, But we're going to talk about how to plant them and different methods on planting onions. And then, of course, we'll talk about their development and we'll talk about harvesting them. We will talk about problems you may have while growing onions so there's a lot to come so be sure to hang around for the entire show today so onions of course they are a very important and probably very um actually the main vegetable crop in that genus we talked about allium allium of course does include the garlic the leek the chives the shallots now the Um, Allium genus itself, that's kind of the main group of these plants, Uh, they're classified in a family called the Aliaceae family, which is a nice botanical term for you. But Aliaceae also includes about 500 different species. Now, back in the day, back in the day, people used to think that... um, Onions and garlic and these things were in, they were included in the amaryllis family. That's right. You know that beautiful bulb that blooms in the garden, mostly reds and whites and some pinks and other colors. That amaryllis uh, flower we thought was related to onions. But now the plant scientists, I suppose, have decided that alliums, the onions, the garlics, the leeks, the chives, the shallots, they're all in their own family, and they are in that allium group now. So sometimes things change over time. Uh, The more we learn about plants and the better that science can uh, understand how the uh, living world works. Now, most of these species are being grown for food consuming them on the dinner table for nutritional purposes. But some of these alliums are also used for ornamental and medicinal purposes. We've already mentioned the alliums that you grow with super huge flowers. Of course, they're much like the onion bulb. They're exactly like it, uh, botanically speaking. But they do produce something very ornamental. And then, of course, uh, there are some medicinal uses in this group of of plants. But today, mainly, we are going to be talking about the vegetable alliums, which are hardy, cool season crops, most of which are going to produce these very prominent bulbs. Um, Of course, leeks do not do that. That's one of the exceptions. They don't have very swollen bulbs. They are mainly thinner. But these are all characterized. Usually, all alliums are characterized 
by that unique onion-like flavor and pungency. You know, that classic, that's why we like onions, because they are pungent, pungent, (laughs) and they have that very strong flavor. Even our wild uh, garlic and wild onion that becomes a weed, and you can see it in your landscape right now, popping up everywhere if you don't control it, which it's hard to control, by the way. But if you went out there and pulled those tops off and smelt of that foliage, you would smell that pungent flavor we're talking about, that pungent smell. I wouldn't necessarily recommend you eat them, even though there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But you will be able to smell that onion-like flavor or fragrance. Now, of course, the onion itself, the bulbous onion, is the only one of this group that is grown extensively on a commercial scale in the United States. But... The others, like leeks and chives and shallots and all these, they may be important in parts, in certain parts of the country. But generally, onion is the dominating type um, in this allium family as far as wide-scale production goes. But of course, today we are not growing uh, commercially. You and I are growing for our back landscapes, for our back gardens, front gardens, side gardens. I don't know, wherever you put your garden, we're growing them in our landscape so we can harvest these beautiful, tasty, pungent, flavored onions and bring them to the table. So in our gardens, we should have onions. We should have garlic. We should have leeks. We should have chives. We should have shallots. We can grow them all, regardless of how the distribution works around the nation, which we'll still talk a little bit about that today. But let's talk about the history. Let's go back in the past because the onion itself dates very far uh, back into antiquity. Of course, we're talking about the Allium sepa, C-E-P-A. Allium sepa, that is the more historical type, even though there's been a lot of breeding and hybridizing uh, since thousands of years ago. It is mentioned in the Bible, and it is mentioned in early Greek literature, and even pictures of the Allium, of the onion, have been found on ancient Egyptian monuments. Now, you see the cultivated species, the cultivated species, of course, those are the species that we're growing, that we're putting into uh, agriculture or putting into our gardens. These are probably native to uh, like central and southern, uh, southern Asia, including Iran and Afghanistan and even southwest China. And it is thought or kind of uh, understood, at least, that most likely onions came to Europe by way of Italy through northern Africa. So they traveled from the uh, Far East and made their way here to our Western cultures. And then, of course, when the Spanish explorers came over to the um, the New World, uh, basically they helped to introduce some of these domestic types to the United States. And uh, then, of course, there were some of the earliest records found of cultivation in the United States of onions in 1625. So, of course, we have been using onions here for a long time. And as a matter of fact, the onion crop itself was one of the culinary staples of early colonists, who, of course, then introduced the onions to the Native Americans. And, of course, the Native Americans began to use it. So it started way out west, uh, way out east, made its way into Europe, and then, of course, across the Great Pond, the Atlantic Pond, and now it is everywhere. There's probably not one spot or country where onions do not grow. Now, of course, onions have many uses, and they're a major contributor to our diets. As a matter of fact, 
get this, <laughs> think about it. We may eat onions raw, we may eat them broiled and boiled, we may eat them baked and creamed, or steamed and fried, or maybe even French fried, and of course pickled. <laughs> That's a little bit Dr. Susie there, but there are so many ways that onions have been prepared and are consumed, and whether, you know, raw onions, I will say, are not my favorite. I don't mind them boiled or baked or whatever. I don't mind them cooked. Uh, but whether we like that pungency or not, think about it. We use them to flavor dishes, and we can also make them an entire side dish, uh, say with a blooming onion, you know, or an appetizer. So onions are very important. They also can be dried dehydrated sometimes they're shredded into flakes uh, onion flakes and so there are a lot of ways that onions are used in the united states but what we want to do in our landscapes and gardens we want to consume them fresh don't we we want to pull them out of the ground rinse off the soil and of course bring it to our kitchens and prepare it with a fresh garden meal and so we're going to continue talking about just, just a little bit about production and the industry in the United States, but then we'll get into more of the details of how the plant grows and, of course, how you can grow it and grow it well. Now, when it comes to producing onions, there are two main types that are grown um, and marketed. The first one being the dry bulb onion. Now, that's what you're going to pull off the shelf it has been probably rested for a period of time where the outer coating, the outer layers of the onion have dried and kind of made a crispy, papery shell for the juicy inside. But then the other type of onion is going to be green bunching onions. Now, of course, um, we, we may say those are like the little uh, green onions that you slice and put on top of soups or salads or whatnot could also be leeks because they're not bulb shaped but those are the two main types dry bulbs and then of course green bunching onions now dry bulb onions of course they do dominate most of the crop that's produced here in the united states um, and however in other parts of the world or more worldwide looking there is as much production as the dry bulbs, as there are green bunching types. As a matter of fact, some of the other major producing nations other than the United States includes China and India and Russia and Spain and Greece and Turkey. And actually, the United States only accounts for about 7% of the total worldwide crop. So, with all that in mind, we've got to realize that these particular plants, they are tasty... They are grown all around the world. But when we get back from this quick, quick break, we're going to get them grown all around our gardens and in our back landscapes. More on the onion when we get back. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. <laughs> at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our 
listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now, let's get growing together. right on today's program we are talking about that fun topic the onion i will say that even though they're not healthy for you funyuns have that oniony pungent flavor uh, and they're quite crispy they're not too bad if you want a little snack but instead of going to packaged food products how about we talk about growing our own fresh food products in our very own gardens And of course, one of those easy crops to grow is going to be onions. Now, we've talked a bit about onions before the break. We talked about the history. We talked about where they came from. We talked about how they got here to the United States. We talked about some of the uh, production side as well. And uh, we do want to continue that uh, discussion because we were saying that even though the United States produces a lot of onions, we actually only approximately take up about 7% of the total worldwide crop. So it doesn't seem like very much. But in the United States, uh, the early and spring crops are usually produced in the southern and southwestern states, and those are usually marketed directly to consumers with very little onions being left over to be stored. However, the late maturing and summer crop onions are usually produced in the northern and the western states, and those are used for both fresh market and for processing. However, much of the late crop that is grown up north is put into storage and is used um, over winter um, as uh, supplies grow lower. So that's basically the cycle in the United States, and we can follow that same route. We do want to make sure that we're growing our onions here in the South earlier in the year. And of course, in Georgia specifically, we're talking about that sweet Vidalia onion uh, primarily. And then, of course, as you go into the northern states, they're growing them later than we are and harvesting them into summer but they do store those for winter sales all winter long. Now, the number one onion-producing state is California, as far as acreage and production goes. Most of the Californian crop is grown in the late summer and is used, again, for that storing and some for processing. Particularly, they use theirs for dehydration into onion flour and chopped pieces for, you know, like condiments and and other food manufacturing processes. Now, there are some other states that do perform well with onions. That's Oregon, Washington, Colorado, and Idaho. They actually produce large quantities of onions, particularly during that storage for uh, summer for storage. Then, of course, in the east, New York and Michigan, they are some major late summer producing states. Uh, They have crops, of course, put into storage and some are marketed through the winter. But then in the south, oh, finally, the south, we've got Texas and Georgia being uh, big producers of large quantities of direct marketed spring onions. And you know 
that they are Vidalia onions here in our state that are so tasty and so good. And usually in April, they start uh, making them available to buy and purchase in the store. So that's coming up. Now, just like carrots, which we talked about two weeks ago or so, the onion is also a biennial. And remember, a biennial is one of those plants that grows its foliage and any kind of stems it may have, grows all of that for the first year and it's enlarging its root. And then the second year, it's stimulated to produce a flower. Now, in the ornamental garden, uh, where you may be growing some biennials, that's very important because you do want you do want your biennial ornamental plants to go to flower because that's the pretty part, the petals. Well, with onions, we are going to harvest them before they go to flower. So we don't want them to hang around in our garden spaces for more than one year, even though they could because they are hardy, just like those wild onions that come back year after year. Uh, they, they can handle the cold weather. They like the cold weather. And if it gets too hot in the summer, they drop their leaves and just hang out under the soil till it cools down a bit. But with that in mind, we are going to be planting our uh, onions the first year, letting them produce the bulb, letting them produce their foliage, and then harvesting them before they go to seed the next year, uh, since they are a biennial plant. But the onion is also one of the few plants, one of the few plants that is a monocot. Now, monocot is a botanical term for a plant that is in the grass family. Basically, it's a plant in the grass family. We know a monocot is a monocot because when it germinates from a seed, when a plant, when a monocot germinates from a seed, it will have one little shoot, one little leaf, and it will look kind of like a blade of grass. Now, to oppose that, a dicot, a dicot is a type of plant that when it germinates from its seed, it puts out two little leaves. Those are the cotyledons. Those two little leaves are the dicot, meaning two cotyledons, two leaves. So monocots, when they germinate from a seed, they have one, one little seed leaf. Then when dicots germinate, they have two seed leaves. So just to keep that straight, onions are really one of the few, if not only, uh, you know, considering garlic and leek and all that in the same group, they are one, if, if, if not the only, uh, vegetable that we use that is a monocot. And again, like I said, they do have that bulb that develops the first year. And then after exposure to a cold temperature, um, the, the onion plant produces a seed stalk. Now, remember, the onion bulb itself consists of these concentric swollen leaf bases. That's the layers, right? We know that onions are in layers. And I remember Donkey from the movie Shrek talking about how he is like an onion. He's just got several layers, you know. Oh, that's funny. But that is so true. It's just one layer after the other. And during those uh, early stages of development of your of your onion bulb, you're going to sort of have this slender cylindrical shape. But under the right uh, environmental stimuli, those inner leaves will swell, forming the bulb, and those outer leaves will remain thin. And that way, after harvest, those thin layers become crispy, papery, a nice covering for safety for your onion to be stored in. 
Now, the other concern we need to think about when we talk about the biology of the onion plant, of course, is going to be uh, what's inside chemically, because it is a very unique flavor that you're not going to find in many other plants. That flavor that gives you that pungent flavor, what is that stuff? Well, let's start off by saying that most of this onion bulb, uh, the food storage of that's inside is in the form of sucrose, which is very sweet. It's sugary. But there is of particular importance the presence of this volatile sulfur compound called allylpropyldisulfide. That's a mouthful that we won't go into. We'll just call it the sulfur compound. There is this sulfur compound which gives the onions that distinctive pungent flavor. Now, here's the thing. With Vidalia onions, with sweet onions, the type of soil they grow in, they grow in affects their production of this sulfur compound, meaning that you actually have like in the Vidalia growing region, you have uh, very low sulfur input there. And that means that there is less of that sulfur compound in those sweet onions. So whenever you get rid of some of those sulfur compounds, what's left is sucrose. That's where the sugar comes from. And so depending on how and on what kind of soil onions are grown can depend on the type of flavor that they give you. It's very unusual and very unique, but that's what we're dealing with here in Vidalia. Now, just a few notes on Vidalia. Of course, Vidalia onions, you can't call any sweet onion a Vidalia onion. That is against the law because the State Department of Agriculture uh, basically owns the certification and the verification, whatever kind of uh, programming they have there. They own the rights to the Vidalia onion, and they license certain growers in a Oh, I think it's 29 county area or very, very small group of counties uh, in the uh, eastern part of the state. They give them the right to grow Vidalia and market it that way. But nobody else in the world can call their sweet onions Vidalia because if it's not from Vidalia, folks, it's not a Vidalia onion. Uh, but when we get back, we will talk about growing onions in your landscape. Hang on tight. For the world to behold, stories Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. All right, gang, we have been talking all about underground vegetables for the past three weeks, and today we continue that discussion with onions. Who doesn't like onions? Well, I'll say that I'm not a big fan of raw onions, but I think that onions are essential to adding flavor and body to any kind of cooking dish you've got. And it may not be an onion, it may be garlic, or you may be using leeks, or you may be using shallots, or green onions, chives, those kinds of things. Whatever, 
they pretty much all grow the same way. They're in the same family, the Allium family. They may share some of the same troubles and trials that you may experience from time to time. But with all that in mind, they're worth a try. They're worth a shot. Before we went to the break, we were talking about Vidalia onions, and I will remind you that just in a few weeks, they will be marketed um, usually. Well, I will say that the Commissioner of Agriculture, uh, the State Department of Agriculture, he sets the marketing date. And so they'll assess the crop from farm to farm and determine when uh, we will make or Vidalia onions will be made available in the grocery stores and in the markets. So. I don't know if that date's been set or not, but I just happen to know that information since I used to work at the Department of Agriculture. Uh, and I know it's usually in April. And so be looking for those Georgia sweet onions, Vidalia onions, on a grocery shelf produce stand near you. <laughs> All right, so we do here at New Southern Garden want to grow our own vegetables, so let's get into that. But before we do, I do want to remind you that if you missed any part of this program or you want to learn about carrots or you want to learn about potatoes or maybe you want to learn about any other topic we've talked about, be sure to check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com. And of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And now YouTube. We've got some YouTube videos going up. So not only will you hear my beautiful voice, but you'll see my beautiful face, <laughs> which is not very pretty. So anyhow, uh, back to onions, because we do have a little stench in the air we've got to clear up. Of course, onions are these bulbs, right? That's what we're trying to initiate. And the process of the plant going from a slender uh, cylindrical form into a bulb is called bulbing. How appropriate. How appropriate. So this bulbing action uh, in onions is determined by mainly the interaction of photoperiod, meaning the amount of daylight, and also favorable temperature for that bulb induction to get going, to get started. Usually, bulbing is going to occur um, above a minimum day length, and thus, it is a long day effect, meaning that bulbing will occur as the days get longer. Now, those critical, say, minimum day lengths do vary from cultivar to cultivar or onion type to onion type. Some of them need 12 hours a day, um, and those are fairly short day cultivars, and some are very long day types needing over 16 hours of daylight uh, per day in order to initiate that bulbing. So the takeaway here is that short days, short days really promote the top growth and usually keep the bulb from forming. So that is good early on. That's why we want to, we haven't talked about when to plant onions, which is probably a little too late now, but uh, regardless, we do want to plant onions when the days are short over winter because the top growth will, will happen, but the bulbing won't happen yet. And as you get more and more layers of leaves around the top growth, then when that bulbing initiation starts, you'll get a larger size bulb. That is the thing. It, bulb initiation, that bulbing, does not is not affected by the age of the plant. But once the bulbing does start, the plant will stop growing and producing new leaves. So it is more desirable for the plant to have a bunch of extensive top foliar growth um, before bulbing starts 
because basically the size and the rate of development of that mature bulb is going to depend on the size of the plant at the beginning of bulbing. So planting onions too far into the year, uh, planting them too far into the year is going to stimulate very small bulbs, very small, if anything. But if you plant them uh, earlier, as a matter of fact, I, I know that like the uh, Vidalia onion crop is usually planted in January and then harvested in April. So if we plant in the late or midwinter, then we're allowing the short days to help stimulate uh, and promote promote top growth while then once spring hits and we get into april with our long days then we have all these leaves that are going to rapidly just flush out into the largest bulb ever if we don't let the plant produce copious amounts of greenery before we have long days then we're in trouble we're going to have very tiny very tiny onion bulbs or we're not going to have much of a crop at all and of course, I mentioned that this process of bulbing is a two-way street. It's, it's not just the photo period and the amount of daylight that we're getting, but it's also temperature. And as a general rule, onion bulbs are, are onions are going to bulb, I should say. They will bulb up quicker um, at warmer uh, than, a, than at cooler temperatures. So as the temperature increases, the bulbing initiates faster. Cooler temperatures do not uh, stimulate as much bulbing as warmer temperatures. As the temperature increases in the range of 50 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit, well, you will hasten, speed up that bulbing, provided that the day length is favorable. So it is a two-way street. We have to have a little bit of both. But if we're at cold temperatures, say below 25 degrees, which is very chilly, uh, you that would definitely inhibit the bulbing. And actually, uh, it may result in plants that have... Um, very thick and kind of elongated necks. You've sort of seen those onions before. They're not necessarily favorable. With all that being said, I do want to remind you that the onion is a cool season crop that, of course, can grow, or I should say will grow, under a wide variety of temperatures. The best temperature for it to be grown at is between 55 and 75 degrees. So for us, of course, that is late winter, early spring. As we get into middle of summer, 75 is a pipe dream, right? 75, those days are gone. We're in the 80s and 90s. So, of course, we can grow onions, but we do want to grow it um, in the cooler season. That's for sure. And, of course, that optimum growth and development uh, will occur when temperatures are cool during the early development and then warm up near maturity when bulbing is taking place. That's the goal here. We start our onions earlier, and then we will have them ready in the South earlier than most other people around the U.S. would. Above 85 degrees and below 45 degrees, growth is poor. So that's why we want to put them in a situation where our days are in the 50s or so and give them several months so that then by the time we get <laughs> into 75, 85, we're ready to harvest rather than let them suffer along. Now, the onion plant is relatively uh, or fairly resistant to frost damage, so that means it is okay if they get some light frost. If our temperatures got below 28, some damage may occur. We did not have that much frost this past year, and so it would have been an ideal time to be planting onions in your gardens. 
And I do want to reiterate now that we've talked about the photo period and talked about temperature that the most important thing to do when choosing uh, your onions to grow is to choose the ones that fit our photo period days, of course, uh, whenever you'll be harvesting. We do want to harvest in the spring, these early types, so we don't need super long day lengths. Here's the trouble. The trouble is that um, if a particular type of onion that you purchase is exposed to day length photo periods less than what they need for bulbing, then there will be a high percentage of plants that don't bulb. So you'll have maybe some decent looking plants, but they're not going to bulb out like the onion should. Now on the other side, on the other side of the coin, if there is a particular cultivar that you're growing and it's exposed to day lengths that are longer than required for bulbing, especially while the plants are small, then they may be induced to bulb prematurely, resulting in very tiny bulb sizes and low yields. So the goal here is to pick cultivars that grow well in the south with our day lengths and with our temperatures. Let's talk about the kind of soil you need to plant your bulbs in, ideally, or your onions in. Ideally, a good onion soil will be friable and fertile and well-drained and have an abundant supply of organic matter or humus. Now, heavy soil, which of course we mainly have here in the South with our clay soils, it, that tends to bake and to crust, especially after watering or uh, after rainfall, it's not desirable. The most desirable soils are going to be sandy loam. They're going to be mucky soils, which of course are high organic matter. Uh, usually those are used in organic production. Uh, I mean, onion production. Now, the pH of your soil should be in the range of 5.3 to 6.5. That's a very wide range, but that's generally for a muck soil. But now on a mineral soil, much like uh, in the south with uh, clay being the m majority of that min mineral, it's a 6.2 to 6.8. Now, that's kind of out of the ballpark because most of our soils are going to be very acidic. So you sort of have to play around with this and look for uh, different characteristics. Definitely take a soil sample and send it to your county extension agent, and they will tell you what your soil needs for onions. Just be sure that before you submit the sample, you make it clear that the crop you're growing is onions, and they'll give you every kind of information you need in order to make your soil what the onion plant needs. So again, even though the ideal soil is sandy loam and mucky soils, and mainly here in the south, we have heavy clay, we can incorporate organic matter, compost, soil conditioner, manure, whatever your choice is, go for it. Amend your vegetable gardens. You should be doing that really for every vegetable too. It's highly recommended and highly beneficial to add organic matter through mulch and compost, whatever you've got. Put it on the soil, mix it into the soil, and let's get growing and get growing well. Well, let's get into talking about how you can plant onions and establish your crop. There are three methods commonly used to plant and establish onions, uh, one of them being direct seeding in the field, transplants, and planting sets. Now, the latter of the two methods are used mainly for early plantings when the time when, when time itself is a critical factor, uh, but they are a bit more costly than field seeding. So on the that's more production there uh, for you and I growing our uh, you know small farms or growing our small gardens. 
Planting sets or transplants is probably the way to go. Again, we don't have a lot of time in the South before heat takes over, and so direct seeding may not be ideal. So we're going to overlook the details of direct seeding, which, of course, direct seeding would be planting seeds from onions uh, that, that, that had set seeds, and those are what are being planted to generate the plants. But with transplants... Transplants, of course, have already been grown out. Uh, they're small. Usually, we do want to find medium or pencil-sized plants. They're most desirable. Uh, they can be grown indoors. You could start them. You could start from seeds and put them in little containers inside your house over winter and get them started, and then maybe have them ready uh, by, oh, say, January to put in the ground. You may be able to purchase transplants, but usually they're going to be about uh, six inches tall or so. But it does take approximately six, maybe eight weeks, well, maybe nine weeks, to get them from seeds to a good-sized transplant. So you do want to schedule that, um, uh, whether you're growing them in, indoors in a sunny window or you've got a greenhouse, or maybe you can buy transplants ready to go. But that is, that's what you're doing there with transplants, is you're actually taking small plants that have leaves, that have a root, and putting them into the ground. Now, when we get back, we're talking about onion sets, which is a completely different idea. Uh, so hang on tight, and it's a good way to get your onion started. But I'll tell you all about it when we get back. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. Gang, well, we just got a few more minutes left in order to get your onions started and get them started growing well. Now, before the break, we were talking about different ways that you can sow your onions and you can plant them. And one of those ways is called by onion sets. Now, onion sets is actually where we are uh, planting a small dry onion bulb that was produced in the previous year. So, of course, you can go to your feed and seed. Uh, I, I know at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you find me throughout the week, we do not carry onion sets or bulbs like that. But maybe a local garden center. I've seen them in the box stores. I just don't recommend people to shop there. But that's okay. Small bulbs can be purchased or these onion sets in a, a, a variety of places. 
The idea, though, is that onion sets generally mature three to four weeks earlier and tend to yield higher than a seeded onion. And so with that in mind, it's a very easy way. It's just like planting daffodils, right? In your uh, row of onions, you can space them every three or five or eight or ten plants per foot of row, depending on on what type and variety you're carrying. If if you're going to grow a green bunch-like onion, uh, then you can space them from 20 to even 56 plants per foot of row because they're going to grow tight. You want to harvest them quickly. But the larger bulb type onions, you would want to space them further apart. And of course, um, you're just going to plant them a couple of inches underground or so so that they can uh, pop up and continue to grow. And then, of course, you'll see them. You'll be able to watch them as they start breaking the tops. And of course, if you're, if you're, if, if you're growing large and jumbo size bulbs uh, you do want to make sure you've got more elbow room for them to enlarge that's the idea when you're spacing larger type bulbs and I would like to speak just quickly about the different types or groups of bulbs. Now, there are some main groups here, uh, one of the first being the American-type bulb um, or onion bulb. These are definitely a dry bulb crop that are produced in the United States, and usually up in the northern areas, they're relatively pungent. They are small to medium in size, maybe two to three inches in diameter. Uh, they sort of have a uh, globe-shaped, uh, which is pretty classic, or ob- oblate, which is a little squatty-like. And uh, they do store very well, Uh, so with that in mind, much of that crop is stored later for use. Then we get into the Spanish-type onions. Now, they're large in size, four to five inches in diameter, and they are round, very round. These are mainly grown in the northwest, the central California, Colorado. Most of those are used for the fresh market and uh, for onion ring processing, actually. Now, one of the last types here is the Bermuda type, which includes the Grano Granix onions. They are mild-tasting onions um, and are adapted to our southern latitudes, like Texas, New, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Southern California, and Georgia. And of course, they are produced during the late winter. Now, these are the kinds that are harvested in the spring. They don't store very well, so we use them pretty directly. But with that in mind, those are the general types of onions that you will find. And I think that you can see uh, that there are, you just walk into the grocery store and look at the different types of onions. There are so many different types, varieties, everything from the red to the yellow to the white to the sweet to the green to the leek. So the garlic, they're all in that same group, and of course we can grow them in our gardens. So much variety and diversity, not just in the way they look, but also in their color. I mean, in their taste. (laughs) Yeah, in their taste. All right, so let's talk a bit about harvesting and uh, when that should happen, because that is one important critical time is... uh, to harvest at the right time. I will say just a a short side note here that when I was working for the State Department of Agriculture, I was commissioned to go and film and record uh, some of the uh, harvesting on Vidalia onions, and boy, was it a treat. Of course, their little tops had all uh, turned over. They were still green, but they had the workers there. They had a machine 
Did they have a machine? No, I think a lot of it was done by hand. I remember so many workers being out there, and they're pulling up these um, onions into bundles and packaging them up right there in the field, uh, counting them out in the field, I should say. It was a pretty cool experience, and of course, uh, some of those videos are still on the Georgia Grown YouTube channel. But regardless, uh, onions that are being grown for dry bulbs, they are ready for harvest when the bulbs are mature and the tops are dry. So the tops will still be on the plant, but they're going uh, to be dry when the tops are down. They're ready to harvest when those tops are down, laying over. In this condition, yields are generally going to be higher, and the bulbs can be stored longer. Um, Sometimes, if you don't wait... uh, If you don't wait that long, you can have neck rot, which is a botrytis. It's a terrible disease. Uh, That's less likely to occur if you harvest the onions when the tops are down and basically uh, dry. Now, of course, if you're growing onions for green bunching kinds, uh, those can be harvested uh, from the time that they reach a pencil size um, up until the bulbing begins. So if you're growing green onions, you can harvest them fairly early when they're several inches tall. Uh, about the diameter of a pencil and all the way through that early bulb making process because that you know i i like uh the green onions personally to be just a little bigger than a pencil that way they're a little fatter you've got more to chew on you've got more to cut up and more to flavor your dishes with now of course it's hard to give an exact time uh it's hard to say how many days exactly or or what time of year you'll be harvesting or what month you'll be harvesting because there are uh so many variables in environmental conditions and obviously there are the uh the cultivar you're growing whatever kind it is it's going to be different from one to another but again we're going to just summarize here and say generally you should wait until all the tops are are down it may not be feasible all the time especially if you're trying to do an early crop uh, which sometimes can be harvested before the bulbs are fully mature what i think the best thing to do in the garden in the garden It is best to harvest onions when you want them, when you need them. Of course, if you want to harvest a few that are younger and smaller, that is fine. And then you can come back the next week and harvest some and come back for several weeks after until those tops lay over. But once those tops lay over, just be sure that you're harvesting everything to store over the summer because of course even though certain types may not store as well we're really talking about the production side of things you can put them in your fridge put them in your refrigerator maybe in a cool crawl space or in a cool garage or something they will be just fine and of course you can also go ahead and slice or dice your onions put them in freezer bags and freeze them me and my wife, we do a lot of storage of onions by freezing them. And, of course, they're great to add to soups, and they're great to add to other types of things. Um, that way, when you are ready to use them, you've got them, and you won't be having to worry so much uh, about wasting any of your precious crop. Now, we don't have much time, but I do want to just mention that you need to look into onion thrips and onion maggots. They are some of the most serious insects of onions, but they can be treated with uh, in 
insecticides and things of that nature. And then, of course, downy mildew is one of the common foliar diseases of onions. can be very destructive to seeded crops, as a matter of fact. And, of course, you can use fungicide to help that. The disease, unfortunately, is favorable in cool, wet weather, which is when you and I will be growing our, our onions. So, gang, I hope that you've enjoyed this issue of Growing Onions, and I hope that you use these tips and ideas to grow them and grow them well. Of course, my name is Nathan Wilson, and for New Southern Garden and WRWH 93.9 FM, I hope you stay well and grow well. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.